What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. And on this episode, I'm here with my college football week 11 preview and prediction. Going to be talking about Oklahoma taking on Baylor, Texas A&M and Ole Miss, and Georgia going on the road to take on the Tennessee Vols. If this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you go ahead and follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Both are at JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. And if you haven't already, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports. The first game that we have to talk about, we have 8th ranked Oklahoma, who currently is 9-0 on the year, taking on 13th ranked Baylor, who is 7-2. Oklahoma is going into this game as a 5.5 point favorite. This game is going to kick off 12 p.m. Eastern time or noon on Fox. Now, this is a very huge game when it comes to deciding who will participate in this year's Big 12 championship. Now, we pretty much know that Oklahoma controls their own destiny. They have the best record in the Big 12. All they really have to do to make it to the Big 12 championship game is handle business. And this is the first game of a very tough stretch that Oklahoma is going to have to play. They got to play Baylor. They got to play Oklahoma State. Both of those two teams right now are ranked very highly in the college football playoff rankings. And a lot of people are questioning just how good of a team Oklahoma is because Oklahoma hasn't really dominated the way that you expect the team that's considered to be one of the most talented teams in America to dominate. They struggled against Kansas a couple of weeks ago. Early on in the season, they had that um, close game against Tulane and it seems like Oklahoma hasn't really hit their stride yet in my opinion now they made a change at quarterback they ended up benching QB Spencer Rattler for freshman quarterback Caleb Williams and he seems to have given this team a spark but even though he has given this team a spark they still haven't really impressed nobody and the college football playoff committee sees that so this is is going to be a big test for Oklahoma in terms of how they are viewed amongst the committee when it comes to the eye test. Now, when you look at Baylor, they were upset by TCU 30-28 to last week. TCU pretty much beat them with backup parts. They beat them with their backup quarterback, Chandler Morris, who was 29-41, 461 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He also contributed on the ground with 70 rushing yards. And the secondary for Baylor didn't play well in that game. Now, for Baylor, you're definitely going to have to have a better performance defensively this game than what you did last week. And Baylor normally has a pretty good defense. Their defense probably is coming off their worst performance against TCU last week. And you got to remember that TCU, this is a TCU team that is without their starting running back, without their starting quarterback. And on top of that, 
that they just fired former head coach Gary Patterson not too long ago. So this was really a game that Baylor should have won. So they kind of got caught in a trap game. They're definitely going to come out heavily focused in this matchup. And for Oklahoma, if you're a Sooners fan, you have to wonder how your defense stacks up against this Baylor offense. Now, Jerry Bohannon is coming off a really shaky performance last week, 14-20, 214 pass yards. He threw three touchdowns, but he also threw two picks as well. And there were some Baylor fans out there who feel like Bohannon is kind of holding this team back based off what he did last game and I don't really agree with that statement because yeah he had a couple of crucial turnovers but he also responded pretty well last week so I don't believe that he should be benched I don't believe he is the problem he's played pretty good so far this year he's had a pretty productive season so I don't really think that Bohannon is you know the problem at quarterback for Baylor and I think that if Baylor's going to win this game they're going to need him to have a very big performance now Baylor has two really good running backs okay you have Tristan Ebner who's their second running back on the squad he has 601 rushing yards averaging 5.9 yards per attempt and he has a rushing touchdown then you have Abram Smith who happens to be one of the best running backs in the Big 12 this year he's has ran for 1055 rushing yards 11 touchdowns and he's averaging 7.3 yards per attempt and it's going to be really interesting to see if Baylor is going to have success running the football against Oklahoma in this game because Oklahoma although their defense isn't all that great they do have one of the better run defenses in college football they're 19th in the nation in rushing yards per game allowed so we know that Oklahoma's defense hasn't been great this year but when it comes to running the football on them this is a pretty solid front so for Baylor if they're going to win this game they're going to have to be able to do it behind the arm of Bohannon which I definitely feel like is something that can be achieved because Oklahoma's defense has showed up in some matchups, you know, they showed up when they barely beat West Virginia. But I really want to see what this defense does against a really explosive offense. And Baylor is pretty balanced when it comes to what they do on the offensive side of the football. They can beat you through the air and they can also beat you on the ground. Now, if we have to flip the size and we talk about Oklahoma's offense matched up against Baylor's defense... For Baylor, you're going to have to get pressure on Caleb Williams. And that's something that Baylor hasn't really done a great job of. Dave Aranda kind of alluded to that because somebody asked him in his presser, you know, what can they do at this point of the season to improve the pass rush? And he talked about, you know, spending more time during practice doing one-on-one drills, basically one-on-one. You got an offensive lineman. You got a pass rusher who's coming on top. And I definitely feel like if they're going to have to be able to win this game relying on their defense you're going to have to be able to get some pressure on Caleb Williams but also Caleb Williams is going to be playing in a very tough road environment on the road at Baylor and we haven't really seen 
Caleb Williams play in a hostile road environment like this one against a really competitive and good football team. I know he has played on the road this year. I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm just saying he hasn't played in a hostile road environment away from home against a team or a quality opponent like Baylor. So I want to see how he's going to be able to handle this matchup on the road playing against a really good Baylor defense. And I want to see what is Dave Aranda going to try to do to make Caleb Williams uncomfortable, okay? Like even though Caleb Williams is a freshman, ever since he's taken over the starting quarterback gig for OU, he hasn't really had any games that made you say, okay, yeah, he's a freshman. Yeah, he's struggling. So I wonder what the game plan is going to be for Dave Aranda trying to, you know, make life hard on Caleb Williams. Are they going to try to send pressure? Are they going to try to hide their looks? Are they going to try to disguise their coverages? What are they going to try to do to confuse and rattle Caleb Williams? Because if they can get the home crowd going and Caleb Williams struggles in this game, that's something that if you're a Baylor fan, you're going to be feeling really confident about your chances of winning this game now what's interesting to me is the point spread because the point spread can tell you a lot about how Vegas views a team and Oklahoma is coming off a bye and the point spread in this game right now is only five and a half points favoriting Oklahoma now I thought that this would be a little bit of a closer spread I thought that maybe OU will only be a three two point favorite and that could change because it's only Wednesday there's still a couple of more days left until this game kicks off so we could see this go down or we could see this spread go up but I'm gonna have to go with Oklahoma to get the victory I feel like Oklahoma is a team that's reeling right now. They're a team that is on the ropes. If you ever watch UFC or you ever watch boxing, you know, if somebody gets knocked down a couple of times, they get all groggy, and it's only a matter of time before their opponent delivers the final fatal right hook or the left-handed uppercut, and you have to wonder if Baylor is that team. I don't think so. I think that Oklahoma is going to be able to escape with the win in this game. I think it's going to be hard fought, but... I don't really know just how effective Baylor's secondary is going to be against Oklahoma's passing game, okay? And if Baylor had a better pass rusher, if Baylor had one of the better pass rushers in the in the nation I probably would take them but I just haven't really been that impressed with their ability to get pressure on the quarterback this year and that's why I got to take Oklahoma to win this game because I feel like even if you do give Oklahoma some problems and you do have them in a tight game they still have that ability to escape because the best teams in college football have that ability to escape with the win and I feel like that's what Baylor isn't going to be able to do they're not going to be able to shut down that escapability factor that Oklahoma has because great teams always find a way to win they always find a way to will themselves to a victory and it always makes you say hey how the heck did they win this game and for Baylor I really feel like if you're going to beat Oklahoma you gotta be able to get pressure consistently on the quarterback and that's just something that I don't really have a lot of faith in this Baylor defense being able to do 
So I'm going to take Oklahoma to win this game. 31-27 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. You guys let me know down in the comment section down below who you guys have winning this matchup. We have 11th ranked Texas A&M, 7-2, taking on 15th ranked Ole Miss, who also is 7-2. Texas A&M is a two-and-a-half point favorite in this game. This game is going to kick off 7 p.m. Eastern time this Saturday on ESPN. Last week, Texas A&M defeated Auburn 20-3. It was a really impressive victory. It was one of the best defensive performances that I have seen all year in college football point blank period and Texas A&M's defense over the last couple of weeks has really hit their stride over the last three games they have allowed less than 100 rushing yards in their last three games they haven't given up over 100 rushing yards they also have had nine sacks and seven forced turnovers during this three-game stretch. So Texas A&M's defense right now has caught fire. And they're facing a wounded Ole Miss team right now. You look at Ole Miss, they defeated Liberty 27-14. to But you got to ask yourself the question, if you are a Rebels fan, just how healthy is Ole Miss going to be in this game? Because Ole Miss was a team that really started the season out really strong but they've kind of have struggled down the stretch you know they're kind of sputtering because they're kind of limping to the finish line I believe that during their last week's game against Liberty, they were without two or three of their starting wide receivers. Matt Corral also has gotten banged up over the last couple of weeks. So you don't really know just how healthy this Ole Miss team is. And when you look at the injuries that Ole Miss has on offense, it goes further than just their wide receivers. Their offensive line also is banged up as well. And you're going against a Texas A&M defense that is one of the best in college football right now so for Lane Kiffin you're probably scratching your head trying to game plan trying to figure out okay like what are we going to have to be able to do to win this game because we know that Matt Corral is the heart and soul of this Ole Miss team we know when he's playing well the whole entire offense is playing well well I don't really know if Matt Corral is 100% for this game. He probably isn't even 80% in this game. He may be 70. And on top of that, we don't really know how his mobility is. We don't really know. And on top of that, he doesn't really have a good amount of talent around him right now due to injuries. So if they're going to win this game, Ole Miss that is, they're going to need... Jerion Ely, their running back, to have a big game. Now, last week, he ran the ball 10 times for 115 rushing yards, had two touchdowns on the day. He's going to have to have a big game. And that's kind of weird to say because when you think about Ole Miss, normally if they win a game, it's because Matt Corral had a phenomenal performance. But they're going to need running back Ely to carry the load for this team because I don't really feel like if Ole Ole Miss is going to win this game is going to be 
doing damage through the air. I think if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because they had a effective day running the football on Texas A&M, and that's easier said than done because Texas A&M has one of the more athletic fronts in all of America. Their front seven is really big. They're lengthy. They have speed. They have size, and also their secondary is really good also. So when you look at Texas A&M's defense, they're second in America on points per game allowed, only giving up 14.7 per game their eighth in yards per play 26 in rushing yards per game allowed and they have the 23rd best pass defense right now in college football so this is an old Miss offense that right now you're going to have to heavily rely on the ground game and Matt Corral may not be a part of that because Matt Corral has had a big say in what Ole Miss does in the run game department this season and we don't really know how effective he's going to be so if Ole Miss is going to win this game they're going to have to be able to do it through the ground now defensively for Ole Miss, I don't really know if they're going to be able to stop the rushing game of Texas A&M led by running back Isaiah Spiller. Ole Miss on the defense side of football is giving up 205 rushing yards per game, which is one of the worst in America. So I think that if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're probably going to have to try to get Texas A&M in third and long situations. You're going to have to force Zach Hazada to beat you through the air. But if you're going to have that happen, you're going to have to be able to get pressure on Zach Hazada. Because one thing about Zach Hazada is that this This guy is really gritty, okay? But when he has pressure in the pocket and he doesn't have that much time to sit back in the pocket, he struggles. But when you give him all day to throw from inside the pocket, that's where he can do a lot of damage. And Texas A&M has more than enough talent on offense to do damage to an old Miss defense that hasn't really been good all this year. Now, they did a pretty good job against Liberty. They actually performed better defensively last week against Liberty than what I expected them to because you see Malik Willis is who right now a lot of people believe is going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken in next year's 2022 NFL Draft. You also got to remember that Hugh Freeze is one of the better offensive minds in college football. So I thought that Liberty was going to have a big day against Ole Miss defense last week, but that didn't happen. So you got to give them props for that. But what is Ole Miss going to look like defensively against a quality opponent? Now we know that Texas A&M, They didn't really do that much offensively last week against Auburn. They pretty much did what they needed to do to win the football game. Their defense pretty much literally won them the game. But that was Auburn's defense. And Auburn's defense is a lot better than the defense that Ole Miss has had this season. So... I don't really know if Texas A&M is going to have any struggles running the football on this Ole Miss front because they haven't really been able to have success stopping the run all this year. And if you're Ole Miss, that's something that definitely has to be a focal point for you. And if you're a fan, that has to be a big concern is how your defense is going to be able to handle the run because if you can't stop the run, then Matt Corral isn't going to be on the field for that many plays because they're going to be able to control time possession 
and they're going to be able to wear down your defense and they're going to be able to keep your offense off the field another thing that's going to be really important is going to be how are these two teams going to match up inside of the red zone because when you look at Ole Miss this is a team that likes to go for it a lot on fourth down Lane Kiffin is a pretty aggressive head coach and he also is somebody who pays a lot of attention to the analytics so depending on how this game is going depending on the spot um where they are depending on the side of the field they land on that's going to be a factor in determining if they're going to go for it on fourth down or not and if they do it in the red zone if Texas A&M is able to come away with those fourth down stops then those are pretty much going to be empty drives that Ole Miss ended up having no points on the board so I think that the fourth down defense of Texas A&M is going to be really important for them winning this game so you look back at that Auburn game, and at one point it was kind of like a stalemate. It was like 3-3 for a very long time. And then in the second half, that's when the defense of Texas A&M started to affect the outcome of the game. And it was the big reason why they won this game against Auburn. And it's going to be another reason why I picked them to win this week against Ole Miss. I'm going to take A&M to get the victory. The reason why I got to take A&M right now is because Ole Miss isn't healthy. You don't really know the status of your starting wide receivers going into this game we don't really know how healthy Matt Corral is in this game and even if Matt Corral does play he's definitely not 100% so we really don't know just how much of Matt Corral we're going to be able to see in this game and I don't really know if Ole Miss with the injuries that they also have on their offensive line is going to be able to handle the demons that Texas A&M has on their front seven so I gotta take Texas A&M to win this game I think this game could be similar to how the Auburn game went for Texas A&M last week but I'm going to take Texas A&M to win 24 to 14 is my final score prediction in this game the last game that we have to talk about, we have number one ranked Georgia, who is unbeaten on the year, taking on Tennessee, who is five and four, coming off a upset victory, forty-five to forty-two against Kentucky last week. Georgia enters this game as a twenty-point favorite. This game's going to kick off three thirty p.m. Eastern time. Now, this is the game, believe it or not, that I am the most excited to watch this weekend. There are a lot of good games. You got Ohio State, Purdue. You got AM and Ole Miss. You got Oklahoma and Baylor. But this is the game that I have so much excitement to watch because you look at Tennessee. Tennessee is playing their best football right now. And I think that Tennessee probably is the best offense that Georgia has faced so far this year. And Georgia hasn't really been tested. Um, on the defensive side of the football and the reason for that is because first of all nobody even has the guys up front in their offensive line to be able to block guys like Jordan Davis and these monsters that Georgia has on the defensive side of the football now when you look at Tennessee their offense is really fast and really explosive they can generate big plays at a snap of a finger just like that so 
what Tennessee fans are probably going to say is, JT, our offense is really fast. Georgia hasn't really faced a fast-paced offense like Tennessee this year. That is true. And if a Tennessee fan comes down in the comment section, they're probably going to say, hey, JT, since our offense is so fast-paced, we could end up turning out that Georgia defense, which also could be true. But here is the other end of the argument that you have to understand when it comes to that. Georgia has a lot of depth on defense, okay? And when they have a lot of depth, that means that they can rotate guys in and out of the game, keeping guys like Jordan Davis fresh for the fourth quarter. And we kind of saw that happen when they played Alabama. And if you remember that Alabama game, the game was really close for a pretty good duration until the fourth quarter where Alabama was able to pull away. And a large reason why Alabama was able to pull away against Tennessee in that game a couple of weeks ago was because they had enough depth in the fourth quarter. So when you look at Georgia, they have a... They have a lead amount of depth and they have a lead amount of talent sitting on that bench. So they're going to be able to keep guys fresh. So I don't think that if Tennessee was to win this game, it's going to be because, oh, they tired out Georgia. I think it's going to be because they have the ability to stretch the field. And we haven't really seen any team that Georgia has played so far this year with the ability to have consistency stretching the field via the pass game. You got to remember, the best opponents that Georgia has played this year, they haven't really had good passing games. Look at Florida. Their passing game hasn't been good. They've had elite rushing attacks. Okay, you look at the same thing when they faced off against Kentucky a couple of weeks ago and they dismantled them. Kentucky had a really good rushing attack, not a good passing attack. So I think that for Georgia defensively this is the first team that you're going to play this year that can legitimately have some success throwing the football against you Auburn not really the best team when it comes to being able to beat you through the air they're a team that also is good on the ground same thing with Arkansas they're also a really good running team so for Tennessee I want to see just how good this passing attack is going to be and they definitely have the quarterback to do so Hendon Hooker and I've said this for over the last two weeks now and I'm gonna say it again has been the most underrated and you know not talked about quarterback in America. Okay, he has one of the best touchdown to interception ratios in college football. 21 touchdowns, only two interceptions. He's thrown for 1,894 passing yards. He's accounted for 457 rushing yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Hendon Hooker is a problem. And if Tennessee is going to win this game, it's going to be because Hendon Hooker is going to have another great performance. And if you're a Georgia fan, you're probably going to say Tennessee doesn't stand a chance, JT. Look what happened against Alabama. They couldn't beat the Ole Miss. Like, they were really competitive against Alabama. Don't let the final scoreboard tell you otherwise. You got to go back and you got to watch that game to truly understand because for all you guys who don't like to watch the game, you like to judge teams' performances based on what they do in the box score, you got to go back and you got to actually watch that game. You got to go back and you actually got to watch that old Miss game to understand that to understand that Tennessee is playing some of their best football and that's because mainly 
due largely in part to quarterback Hendon Hooker. Last week against Kentucky, 15 to 20, 316 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. So I think if Tennessee is going to be able to upset Georgia, it's going to be because of Hendon Hooker. And Hendon Hooker, in my opinion, is the best quarterback that Georgia has faced so far during the regular season. He's probably the best quarterback that they're going to face all year during the regular season until they go to the SEC championship, and maybe they play Alabama if Alabama is able to win out and doesn't have another slip-up. So for Georgia, okay, everybody always asks, what do you have to do to beat Georgia, right? But what a lot of people never really talk about is, what does Georgia do to beat you? What does Georgia do so well that makes it so difficult for people to beat them? Well, the first thing is, is that they have incredible speed and they have incredible size up front when it comes to their defensive line. So football is a game that's all about, you know, what you're able to do up front. Everybody makes this day and age of football all about, you know, the wide receivers, the skill position players, and the quarterback. But if you can't handle yourself up front, you already lost. And most teams this year who have played Georgia, they already lost because they weren't able to hold themselves up together when they faced off against this monster of a front seven. So for Tennessee, can this offensive line hold up? Okay, is this offensive line good enough to allow this passing game to continue to do what it's done all year for Tennessee? The second thing is when it comes to Georgia is, are you going to be able to slow down the rushing attack because they have a two-headed monster? You got White, you got Cook there. Are you going to be able to slow that down? Are you going to force Stetson Bennett to have to beat you through the air? Because so far, Stetson Bennett hasn't really been asked to win the game. Pretty much all he's really been asked to do is to manage the game. When is Stetson Bennett and this Georgia offense going to be put against the wall where they have to rely on Stetson Bennett to beat them and win the game for them instead of having to lean on that rushing attack? Because Georgia is balanced. They're not one-dimensional. They can beat you through the air, and they can beat you on the ground, but the main staple of their offense is their rushing attack. So if you take away the rushing attack and you force Georgia to have to beat you with Stetson Bennett, that's something that we haven't really seen anybody do so far this year. Can Tennessee be the team to do that? I don't really know because Tennessee hasn't really been that great this year when it comes to their run defense. Now, there are a lot of Tennessee fans who are telling me that their defense is underrated and that they're not going to have a great defense because they score so fast. And I understand that. But at the same time, you have to be good situationally. And Tennessee isn't good on third down. Tennessee has one of the worst, if not the worst, third down defense in America. They're allowed teams to convert on third down 51.46% of the time, which is 126 in the college football amongst the worst in all of the college football, Power 5 and G5 included. So when Tennessee fans tell me their defense is underrated because they can get pressure on the QB, they can get a lot of tactical loss, that's all fine and dandy, but can you get off the field on third downs? And being able to get off the field on third downs when it comes to playing Georgia is largely due 
in part because you're able to win on first and second down because you're able to slow down the run game. You don't want to put Georgia in third and short situations, third and three, third and four, even third and five, when they still have the ability to pick up the first down on third down running the football against you. So you got to put Georgia into a hole that they have to only find a way to dig themselves out of by throwing the football against you. Now, a lot of people always ask the question every time somebody plays Georgia, it's can they keep the game closed at halftime? Can Tennessee keep the game closed? I think they can. And the reason why I think Tennessee can stay in this game is simply for the fact that even if they find themselves in the bind when they're down like 21-0 or they're down multiple possessions, this offense is a quick strike offense. This isn't an offense that's predicated on running the football. This isn't an offense that struggles to have big plays or isn't really that efficient passing football like Kentucky, Auburn, or this is a team that is good when it comes to throwing the football through the air. They have a lot of big chunk plays, and those big chunk plays are going to be a large reason why I'm not really concerned about con- when I I'm not really concerned about Tennessee if they get down by a good margin. Let's say Tennessee goes into the halftime down 21 to three. I'm not worried because their offense is able to score at a snap of a finger, so I'm not worried. What worries me is this defense because I need this defense to force some turnovers, and I need this defense to get off the field on third down. Now, they don't have to do this every drive because this offense still, with how it's constructed and built by head coach Josh Heupel, it can score at a blink of an eye. But my question is this Tennessee defense. How much do I trust it? And should I trust it at all? I don't really trust it. I'm going to have to take Georgia to pull off the victory. Now, can Tennessee hang around? I think they can. I also think that Tennessee could end up giving Georgia one of their best games of the season. I'm not saying Tennessee will. I'm saying they could. The reason why is because Tennessee probably is the best offense that Georgia has faced all this year. Georgia hasn't seen or played against an offense like Tennessee this year. But you also can say, from the other perspective, you can say, JT, Tennessee. Tennessee hasn't faced a defense like Georgia all this year that really get after you up front. You got to remember that Tennessee gave up five sacks last week against Kentucky. So I'm going to take Georgia to win. I think Georgia will win this game. 34-217 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. I'm going to take Georgia. So this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoyed, make sure that you go ahead, leave a five-star review. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. Make sure that you go ahead, leave a five-star review. Also, make sure that you share the podcast on your social media platforms with your friends, family, and acquaintances. And I will see you guys shortly with another episode of the JT. JT Sports Podcast.